0: But when you have career criminals, okay, who have been in and out of prison since they were teenagers, right, with a slap on the wrist, and it's just a revolving door over and over again, and their history has shown that this is who they are, and this is what they're going to do, and no matter how lenient, how many chances you give them, they were still going to come back and do the same thing. Those are people that are menaces to society. You're listening to Code Red with Secure
1: America Now, the largest national security grassroots army. In a recent national survey, over 60% of Americans said that crime is getting worse. In the last elections in 2022, crime was a major issue across the country. The breakdown in the rule of law continues. People are assaulted on the streets and witness crimes committed in stores while they are shopping. Our guest today is Madeline Brain. Madeline is a principal in a victim rights organization. She has spoken up against the rampant crime. Her family has been affected by crime. Her son was killed um, on the streets of New York. And Madeline actually, to me, is a role model. She is not gonna sit back and take this type of chaos in our society. She is working to make change. And um, and in last year's surprise election in New York state, she interjected herself and her organization into making crime, quite frankly, the number one issue in that election. Uh, I also wanna mention before I turn this over to Madeline, that she has a GoFundMe page. It is called Victims' Rights Advocate. And if you wanna help her organization financially, that's the place to go. Go to GoFundMe.com, look up Victim Rights Advocate. So Madeline, welcome to the Code Red Podcast. Hello. And um, I want you to t- talk about crime in the, to begin with, in the context of last year's elections, both in New York and across the country. Can you give us, share with us why you felt it important to interject yourself and your organization into the political process?
0: Good morning, uh, Alan, and thank you so much for having me. Um, Greetings from New York City. Um, New York City, within the past, I would say four years, has been on a continuous downward spiral. Um, They instituted these new laws You got bail reform, you got raise the age, you have elder parole and less is more. And they also have another one that is, um, it's on the table now to be passed into law. Pretty much decriminalizing crime. We're criminalizing law-abiding citizens, innocent people, babies in strollers, senior citizens walking across the street getting shot in the head with bullets. You know, um, a nurse leaving Mount Sinai Hospital after a night shift, walking down the subway steps and being beaten in the head with a hammer. Um, we have people like Michelle Go being pushed in front of a subway and her body being shred to pieces by people who were recently released from the penitentiary under these new policies that have been nothing but a complete disaster and they have been nothing but a runaway train that's crashing right into especially black and brown communities now these policies um are disguised to uh make it seem like um the legislature that albany that lawmakers that You know, elected officials care about uh, poor Black people or poor brown people, but in all actuality, the very people that it's supposed to be helping is hurting the most. When you talk about decriminalizing crime or decriminalizing, what are they calling it? Uh, Yeah, decriminalizing criminals, you are, in in fact, criminalizing innocent law-abiding tax-paying people because you're releasing these people right back into the same communities where they initially committed their crime right with no job no education no housing no money criminals commit crime okay that's what they do killers kill rapists rape okay abusers abuse thieves steal right and that's what they do they they have a lifelong history of this this is their lifestyle this is their culture this is what they do that's why there's something called prison you know that's why there's something called a jail cell to have to put them in to protect society from those type of people now don't get me wrong there are some people who um fall into criminal behavior you know, sometimes through no fault of their own. They're caught up at the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, um, they they got sucked into things because they uh, did a robbery or sold drugs to take care of their family or what have you. You know, there there are murders that happen in self-defense, different things. But when you have career criminals, okay, who have been in and out of prison since they were teenagers, right? With a slap on the wrist, and it's just a revolving door over and over again. And their history has shown that this is who they are and this is what they're going to do. And no matter how lenient, how many chances you give them, they were still going to come back and do the same thing. Those are people that are menaces to society and don't need to be, you know, out amongst the public, amongst innocent people, causing uh wreaking havoc and, and hurting innocent people. Now, this last um this. I just want to add that this is not nothing new all right this has been going on for you know generations generations you know my community um they, they they have normalized this and accepted it as being normal behavior and this is what happens in the hood you know which is completely unacceptable because there are millions of us who come from the supposed hood all right who are um live under the same conditions and face the same struggles and hardships not just black and brown communities but white communities as well okay and there are millions of us who don't fall into or resort to committing crime all right we work we uh pay taxes we are law-abiding decent citizens all right millions of us so people who um participate in criminal behavior is it's a choice it's a choice that they make So, um, in terms of the last um, election, yes, I uh, threw my 100% support behind Lee Zeldin because Lee Zeldin is a man with great integrity and great honor and great respect. And he was sincere in what he said. And he really um, had a message that translated with people in the Black and Brown community. All right. And for a Republican, that is something that we have not seen in. in decades, you know, you have Rudy Giuliani who was able to do it. We, you had George Pataki who was able to do it. And I think years and years ago, there was a mayor um, back in the seventies. He was also a Republican. Where he went into, you know, places like Harlem when they had um, Harlem Week, and he stood on a podium and he spoke to hundreds of thousands of African Americans, and they loved him. You know why? Because he was able to articulate a message and an agenda that he had for our community and he was not afraid of the people he didn't think he was better than the people and he just connected with them and it takes a certain genius all right it takes a certain charisma to be able to do that all right and um Lee not has that he has that thing about him it's something that you don't see very often right maybe because it's his own uh military experiences um experience in the military and you know of being a commander and not judging people by you know um who they are where they're from just a camaraderie type of thing but he he has that thing about him and um there there are thousands of us all right who heard lee's message and we threw our support behind him now i am a 40-year democrat Right. And it wasn't until this last election season that I actually um, changed to conservative. Right now, I'm from a Republican household. My mother's Republican, my father, my grandparents and most African-Americans back in the 50s and the 60s were Republican. All right. I don't know where along the line we, we lost, you know, that uh, political affiliation and turned it to Democrats. But those seeds, those Republican seeds, those conservative values were planted in us from children. We believe in God. We believe in family and we believe in country. All right. Um, every last single male in my family dating back to the Buffalo Soldiers, has served in the United States military, including my own two sons. Um, so yes, the, the, um, we, in New York especially, is going to continue on a downward spiral because it's unfortunate that um, people didn't come out and support Lee Moore, all right? And um, help get him across that finish line because we need, right now, A governor like Lee Zeldin and the administration that he would have, you know, put in place in Albany, you know, he would have cleaned that thing from top to bottom nobody's perfect i'm not saying that everybody has their own thing but right now what we need in this city all right is for somebody to come in there and take the bull by the horns and really just go in there and crack the whip crack the whip and and clean house clean house roll back all these fail policies right start over from scratch you know put things in place that are really going to help the um offender like some real initiatives, you know, uh, educational employment opportunities, and for those that have drug and alcohol problems like Pataki had when he was in office in the 90s, those long term inpatient drug programs, those drug rehab programs, you know, they work. I'm a product of one. right and i went in during the time when pataki it was because pataki saved my life right and and um i i have no area with sharing that part of my story you know um, back in the 90s during the crack era you know uh, pataki had those um alternatives to incarcerations the mandates if if you were committing crime because of drug and alcohol, you were mandated to a long term inpatient program. And hundreds of thousands of us, all right, were saved. Our lives were saved. Now you have these open um, open air drug. You know they have illegal shooting galleries where they're giving out free needles and free crack pipes, and people are just getting high on the street. Now they legalize marijuana, and they have uh, 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 legalized marijuana dispensaries. You know the war on drugs that's getting ready to happen the crack war is not going to have anything on this all right because it's legalized now all right and it's going to cause all kinds of problems on the ground in the community right because a lot of people sell marijuana to support their families All right and now they're going to be cut out it's going to be illegal for them to do that all right and and all that business is going to be driven to the legal dispensaries and you know um it, it it's a whole lifestyle it's a whole thing that's getting ready to happen with that marijuana and i know for a fact that marijuana is a gateway drug my first joint i was 12 years old all right and that led me to eventually smoking um crack Okay, so it's progressive and it gets progressively worse. And um, this stuff is open and accessible to kids. I don't care how much they try to say, that um, it's not, you know, but um, it's easily accessible. All right, and and we focus too much on guns. All right, um, gun a gun is an inanimate object right um a gun is completely useless useless without the mindset behind the trigger right it has to take um a person with the intent to point that gun and shoot someone for it to actually be effective you know um guns are not the only thing that is killing people right actually guns are a very small percentage here in new york there are more stabbings that happen here in new york than shootings so why there's so much emphasis and um focus on guns and completely ignoring all the other homicide victims that were killed by other means like my son was stabbed to death you know and um that brings me to um talking about how i even got into this you know um it wasn't intentional it wasn't on purpose it was due to some very, very tragic and unfortunate circumstances. My son, Sergeant Hassan korea he um, is a combat Afghanistan war retired veteran. Um, He was stabbed to death in 2018 in Harlem by four people he didn't know, nor had he done any harm. And um, these people are uh, two brothers and sister and their friend. All right. Um, They were all apprehended. But because of these new policies and because of the new district attorney who is in office now, you know, um, Alvin Bragg, um, I personally uh, voted for uh, Thomas Kenneth, right? Tom Kenneth was running against Bragg, all right? And um, Bragg actually squeaked by due to lack of voting. You know people just didn't come out because they don't pay attention to like um elections like district attorney so he, he squeaked by but anyway he's been a complete disaster and a complete failure in his refusal to prosecute crime including murder and downgrade you know to lesser included offenses you know um th- there are hundreds and thousands of mothers just like me not just in new york but all across the country who all we want is justice for the murder of our son or or our child, you know? um, When they do make an arrest, because that's a, a rare, you know, occasion as well, because I know personally, there are many, many mothers who no arrests have been made and the cases have gone completely cold and they're left without any justice or or anything, you know, and sometimes they're better off, you know, because um, me being thrown into this situation, uh, I've been fighting for justice for my son in Manhattan Criminal Court for four years. Right for four years, going back and forth to court, drug back and forth. You know, um, I never missed a court date, and they have completely disregarded, disrespected. You know, um, they they consider my son to be a fictitious character. The most important person in that courtroom are the people who killed him. You know, um, we have no rights. Victims have no rights. We we have no voice. So th- that's why I stood up right? And that's why I um, demanded that they hear me, whether they liked it or not, you know, and I would stand outside many, many days in the snow and rain, you know, it didn't matter. In the boiling heat was a sign, a sign in the boulevard by myself, and just walk up and down in front of the courthouse, just screaming at the top of my lungs, you know, no bail, you know, murderous, no bail, stay in jail, you know, take a life, do life, you know, and, and it, it began to attract attention. So people started following the case, you know, it, first it was a uh, New York Post, right, who picked up on it, then it was Fox News, who picked up on it, then the election started to come around, right, and uh, it was the Giuliani's who picked up on it, Andrew, and Rudy, you know, they had me on the shows. Um, John Katsimatidis had me on the show. Um, uh, Steve Bannon had me on his show, you know, and so it started to resonate. With people you know so um 360 here we are today all right um two of the 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 uh people who participated in the murder of my son alvin bragg just blatantly without regard completely dismissed murder charges against both of them, you know, um, murder and gang assault, entire homicide is captured on video, so there's no, you know, mistaken identity or no disputing the facts of the case and what they did. But um, he uh, sentenced the female, the sister, Mary Saunders, to um, one year time served and um, charged her with assault with a shoe. Now, I have some people looking doing some research from students from, from uh, LaGuardia College, some criminal law you know, uh, students, doing research, doing some uh, shepherdizing and different things, seeing if they can find any case law where assault with a shoe is even a crime, okay? So, um, so far, we're, we're not coming up with anything. It looks like it's something a charge that Alvin Bragg just pulled out of his behind, all right? Pulled out of thin air, all right? And um, there my son lays in a grave where this woman chased him. From trying to escape, and also held him while her brother plunged a butcher knife into his body, uh, four to six inches deep, uh, nine times. All right, and um, ran and left him and his father's body in the street for dead. Okay, so um, she's home with her family. You know, she's been home for about two years now. And also uh, another defendant, Travis Stewart, who is um, has one prior violent felony they uh, gave him seven years for attempted gang assault so the two brothers uh, james and christopher saunders they are repeat predicate violent felony offenders these two homicidal maniacs had no business even being out of jail from begin with christopher was actually on parole for attempted murder on a police officer He, he had not even been out for two years before he participated in that murder of my son. Um, James also, James is the, the one with the knife and he was supposed to be sentenced yesterday because he uh, avoided trial and he uh, pled guilty to the murder and the gang assault. And the judge, once again, you know, for his guilty plea, you know, gave him a plea deal of 20 life where both of these homicidal, savages okay should be in a cage for the rest of their natural lives all right to protect the community from such you know uh uh, brutality because if they survive for the 20 years right and they do get out on parole 10 chances to one all right they will get out and they will do the same thing over again you know and and that's just statistical that
1: that's just you know, go ahead. Uh uh-huh. um, Madam, first off, I want to express our sorrow at your loss, your family's loss, and I want to once again commend you for speaking up. And uh, yesterday, the governor of New York, mm-hmm. uh, once again made this uh statement that uh bail reform which protects the criminal does not lead to more crimes now it makes no sense and 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 the reason why i want to go down this um, i want to discuss in greater detail this particular point is that this type of reasoning has been used by elected officials across the country for having lax crime programs, of going after criminals, making them actually punish them Uh for what they did. Um, What would you say if Governor Hochul was here um, to her comment that in fact, the bail laws that release criminals is not the problem. What do you have to say about Well, oh, I would say to, um,
0: I wouldn't even call her governor. I would just call her uh, Kathy. Oh, okay. okay. Kathy. Kathy, right? She needs to come out of denial, okay? And she needs to the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result she says the same thing over and over again expecting the reality to just magically disappear just because she says it okay now she is a database person when you don't have prosecutors that are prosecuting crime Okay, when you have prosecutors that are downgrading violent felony offenses, including murder to lesser occluded offenses, of course, murder rates are going to go down, of course, arrest rates are going to go down. It's just called manipulating the data. And it's not because anything in that bail reform or any of those policies is actually being effective, because we have yet to see any measurable outcomes of effectiveness for any of it. All right, we do see the measurable outcomes of ineffectiveness, but we don't see any measurable outcomes of effectiveness. You know, they can manipulate, they can twist, they can, you know, throw all the shade that they want right but the actual boots on the ground the people in the trenches all right the people the mothers who are going to the morgue to identify bodies who are standing by their child's bedside praying and crying that they pull through the night because they've been shot or stabbed we know all right that these policies have done nothing but create this environment of lawlessness all right? It gives, especially our young people, the red light to do and think and feel whatever they want with no consequences. What it's doing in all actuality is creating a whole new generation of career criminals and mass incarceration. It's what it's doing because our young people are racking up charge after charge after charge at some point right? Those charges are going to escalate. The more they get away with it, the worse crimes they are going to do the next time, and eventually they're going to end up killing somebody, or somebody's going to end up killing them, right? And I personally feel that that's the purpose. That's the intention, all right? To get rid of them by, or let them self-decimate, all right? Because that's what those policies have done. It's done nothing to assist, excuse me, to assist our community or to improve the quality of life of where we live. It does it does absolutely nothing.
1: Well, needless to say that law-abiding citizens, not politicians, mm-hmm. um, would agree with every word that you've said. Once again, I want to congratulate you because it's so important for citizens, for victims of crime to stand up and say, we have to put an an end to this madness. Yes. And um, I wanna thank you for coming here, sharing both your personal experiences and your depiction of these elected officials and Alvin Bragg not prosecuting Violent criminals, murderers, rapists, um, in fact, is committing a criminal act against law-abiding citizens. Absolutely. And and we, the Code Red podcast is broadcast uh, on behalf of an organization called Secure America Now. Mm -hmm. And we are carrying this particular message of the need to have serious law-abiding societies and elected officials who uphold the law and prosecute when need to prosecute, and this podcast will be disseminated nationwide, um, and uh, and we will continue to highlight uh experiences like yours but also your advocacy which i think is commendable beyond the norm thank you because if people are quiet whether it's if they don't vote when they can to vote for lee Zeldin, Mm -hmm. to vote for the opponent of alvin bragg um then shame on them we have to get mobilized. And the reason why we were thrilled that you were gonna come on to the podcast is because you're a living example of how Americans should in fact be reacting to what is going on in our society. So Madeline, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for coming on. And I look forward to um, continuing to highlight the work that you're doing and other advocates are doing thank Thank you
0: you, my pleasure thank you so much for having me
1: thank you for listening to code red with secure america now we are the
0: largest national security digital platform in the nation dedicated to bringing critical security issues to the forefront of the american debate For more information, visit our website
1: at www.secureamericanow.org.